Welcome to Digital Marketing Happy Hour, a podcast about marketing, technology, and life. It's episode 34, the five shifts in consumer behavior during COVID-19 that won't change. And it starts right now. Digital Marketing Happy Hour is brought to you by Araxum, your resource for marketing and technology. For more information, visit araxum.com. That's A-R-A-X-A-M.com. Well, Chris, this is obviously a happy hour, and we always like to start off happy hour with a few drinks. So what do you have in front of you today? So I am back to drinking local craft beers. This week, it is an Angry Chair, the second anniversary stout, which is an imperial sweet stout. Stout is definitely an acquired taste, but I do enjoy it this time of year. I will say this thing is 11% alcohol by volume. So it's, it's, you know, it's got some kick to it, man. What about you? What are you drinking? So, wow, it's kind of funny you say that. I'm definitely along the same lines. I like the seasonal beer and I like, obviously was into the Oktoberfest for fall. Now that it's getting, you know, wintertime, I like the winter seasonal beers. So local too, one that's really, I, I live real close to, is called Big Storm Brewery in Clearwater, Florida. It has a, uh, they have a winter ale called Dunder and Blixum and it's a little bit higher. I, I mean, it's like 8% or almost 9%. So I thought that was high. That's not quite as high as your uh, your eleven percent, but it's perfect for winter. I love it, and uh, kind of you know I like the whole pairings, and it goes well again with the meats uh, as well, lamb, beef, things like that. So if you're pairing it up, it's good. But if you just want to drink it for happy hour on its own, it's good too. So that's what I'm drinking. You know, with that kind of alcohol content, this podcast is about to get interesting for the next uh, 30, 40 minutes here. <laughs> Just keep all lighters away as well. Flame yeah, objects. something like that. Well, you know what? We better get started if that's the case. So we've got our beverages in hand. He's Ryan Smith. I'm Chris Casali. Hey, thank you for joining us this week on Digital Marketing Happy Hour. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're a repeat listener, thank you so much for coming back. And if you continue to find value in this podcast, we're asking you to take a few minutes and leave us a review up on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or whatever your preferred podcast platform is. In this episode, we're going to discuss the top reasons consumers change their habits or brands during the COVID-19 pandemic and the five shifts you need to know in consumer behavior moving forward. Yeah, there was a study released by McKinsey that Ryan and I are basing a lot of the content in today's podcast episode off of. And basically, the study stated that consumers across the globe have responded to the crisis and its disruption to their normal consumer behaviors by trying different shopping behaviors and expressing a high intent to incorporate these behaviors moving forward. The change has been less pronounced in countries such as Germany and Japan, but it's still present. And I think one of the biggest findings in the study was that over 60% of global consumers have changed their shopping behavior, many of them for convenience and value. And in the US, that percentage was 75% of consumers have changed brands at least once during the pandemic. And, and that's pretty significant, right? Because a lot of us develop some sort of brand loyalty or brand affinity, and we purchase from the brands that we know and that we trust and that we prefer to do business with. 
But according to this study, 75% of consumers have changed brands at least once. That's huge, Ryan. Not only that, I, you know, when we look from a global standpoint, 60% is high. And then the U.S., you know, basically exceeded that. And this study from McKinsey was actually also summed up through HubSpot as well. The big thing was brand loyalty you know, being tested. And I think we've seen brand loyalty fade over the years, but nothing like we saw, you know, through 2020 and is, you know, I think Chris and I will break down and, and quickly kind of sum up. I, these aren't going to change. When we talk about a new normal, there's a business component that is also a new normal and consumer behavior is part of that. And brand loyalty is gone. So looking at it being tested, it's important to look at three reasons consumers actually have changed their habits. And the three main reasons they're looking for, they're looking for value, availability, and convenience. I would say those have always been around. I think what this pandemic between lockdowns, if you weren't in a lockdown, maybe you just kind of self-quarantined, didn't go out as much. What it did was it fast-forwarded everything. You know, we talked about digital transformation on this podcast several times. Digital transformation has been happening, but not at the speed at which we have seen it so far. And it's not going away. You know, Zoom is here to stay if you weren't familiar with Zoom. So things like that, video conferencing, you know, FaceTime, it's another video sort of conferencing in a way. Uh, not on a professional level, but it's it's a video base that we've all been doing. Now you see it, you know, it's synonymous with the holidays and getting together. You're doing more FaceTiming, you're doing more Zoom. So these are things that we have seen. And now it's again being fast forward. So that again, the three consumer behaviors that have changed that consumers are looking more for are value, availability, and convenience. And that's the first shift in consumer behavior that we're talking about that, you know, it's occurred during this global pandemic, but it's not going to change. Brand loyalty will continue to be tested. Uh, I want to go back to something Jay Bear said on this podcast several episodes ago when we were talking about rewiring the customer experience, and that's that brands are made Brands are built during lean times, during challenging times. They're not built during, you know, the successful times. And the main reason for that is what is it a brand can offer you when everything's good, when you've got everything that you need, right? There's very little that they can do to differentiate themselves. However, in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of, you know, a severe health crisis, unemployment crisis, economic crisis, you know, the brands that put their consumers first and foremost, that provide that value, that provide that level of availability and that convenience, those are the ones that are rising to the top. And those are the ones that are going to gain the most brand loyalty throughout all of this. There's another concept that's important when we're talking about brand loyalty as well, and that's called the iron triangle or the triple constraint, which is basically the constraints of good, fast, and cheap. And the main premise behind the iron triangle is that you basically can pick two of the three, but you can't have all three, right? You can have it fast and you can have it cheap, but the quality probably isn't going to be there, right? And if you want the quality to be there, if you want it to be good and fast, it's probably not going to be cheap. And so essentially you're, you're sacrificing one for the other two and you're picking what's most important to you. And I think that's 
you know, been the case for a long time. But what I think we're starting to see now is that consumers are really looking for a balance between all three of them, right? And it goes back to what we were talking about with value, availability, and convenience. They're willing to pay. It doesn't necessarily have to be cheap, but it better not be expensive. It better be reasonably priced. They better be able to get it quickly. One of the things that we're going to talk about that I think has changed drastically is, you know, a lot of shoppers are homebodies now. And so they're looking for fast shipping options and free. I mean, quite frankly, thanks a lot, Amazon Prime, but we're sort of used to getting that two-day free shipping. And then the quality has to be there. They need to know that they're getting something that's, that's you know, basically considered their health in all of this. And I thought you brought a good point out too when we were talking about value and what people are willing to spend. That kind of takes us to our, our second point here is consumers and their spending and the trends that we have seen. So even as cities and businesses have slowly reopened, the shoppers are still staying cautious about how they're spending their money. So in the US alone, 40% of consumers say they'll continue to be mindful of where they're going to spend that money, while 31% plan to buy less expensive versions of items to save money. So whenever they make those purchases, 21% of consumers aim to do more brand and product research than they had for pre-pandemic purchases. 21% plan to do more brand and product research. If you have been following this podcast, that in the world that we've been talking about over the last several episodes is about content marketing. It's about creating content when people are doing their research. They have a problem. Your content is to provide a solution. Part of that is in the form of research that the consumer is doing. This works for B2B. This works for B2C as well. And it's very important to see that we're seeing an increase of people doing even more research. And I think they did a lot of research before. If you are in the B2C world and you have a brick and mortar location, by the time that consumer gives you their contact information, they are well into the research process. By the time you're identifying them, they've already researched your products, they've researched your company, they've researched your competitors. So the fact that we've actually seen a 21% increase of people wanting to do more research, I think it goes to show you, you have to continue to create valuable content. Don't create content for the sake of content, create valuable content. You have to understand your customer's needs, what they're looking for, and solve their problem in the form of a blog, of a video. Distribute that through email, through social media. It's extremely important, again, that we adjust with these times. And again, some of the stuff that we're seeing wasn't necessarily new. It's just been fast forwarded. And we're seeing more of it during this pandemic. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Ryan. And even though consumers aren't rushing to grab their wallets, you're not going to fix that by producing more advertising that's focused on sell, 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 right? Encouraging them to make that purchase. Individuals that are, have, you know, might have lost their job throughout all of this, they have health concerns, they're just not going to spend money at the same clip right? They're, they're going to be a lot more careful with the money that they've got available. So the way you overcome that is show them why your brand, why your product, why your service is the best option for them. And content marketing, as Ryan just talked about, is absolutely the best way to do that. If you can provide valuable information that solves their problem, when they choose to open their wallet, they're going to spend it on the brands that were most helpful to them. And using content marketing, leveraging content marketing is one of the ways to deliver that value. 
The next shift in consumer behavior that we're seeing that is not going to change is shoppers need e-commerce. 70% of consumers don't want to resume activities or work outside of their homes just yet. And that is despite the push to reopen the economy. There was news that broke this week about some of the you know, first vaccines being distributed, but it's going to take months for those vaccines to trickle out uh, into the world for, for us to develop some level of herd immunity. I think the latest I heard was second quarter of 2021. But even with that, individuals aren't rushing to get back to the previous form of normal. So if they won't leave home to work, to travel, or to dine out. The McKinsey study notes that many of them aren't going to leave home to shop either. Black Friday, as we talked about during our last podcast this past year, which, you know, again, for those of you outside of the United States, it is the Friday after Thanksgiving when most retailers make the majority of their money for the year, was this year, despite all of the economic uncertainties, was one of the biggest Black Friday shopping holidays of the year. But the caveat to that most of those purchases happened online. Also, when looking into the near future, more than three out of four consumers who adjusted their behaviors due to the pandemic said that easing government restrictions will not change their cautious behaviors. Consumers are following guidance from medical experts for reassurance. And that makes sense, right? Health and safety come first. The other component of shoppers needing e-commerce that I think is worth talking about is the businesses that understand consumers need e-commerce and put them at the front and center and showed them that their business was important to them ended up having a lot more success than those that have made alternative decisions. And let me give you an example of that. The meal delivery app, DoorDash right? DoorDash is known for you. You get on their website, you pick from local restaurants, you place an order and you pay a service fee to have somebody deliver that food to your place of residence. Well, they could have capitalized on the fact that more people were having food delivered and raised their prices. They went the other direction. They reduced the commissions on local restaurant orders so that those business owners could sell food virtually while earning fee-free revenue from each order. How did the market respond? I think I read recently that DoorDash grew north of 300%. They just had a very, very successful IPO, right? So clearly a strategy like this paid off for them big time. Another good example that I can think of is one of the first things to close was uh, gyms, right? Fitness centers. Beachbody has exploded in growth recently because they offered a free month and they discounted a lot of their services saying, hey, you can't get to the gym. No problem. We're going to discount all of our workouts and make it available to you. And they had explosive growth numbers recently as well that I was reading. Right. And so they went the opposite direction. They put their consumers first and made them a priority. They reduced their fees. And as a result of that, we saw that shift in brand loyalty. We saw those e-commerce purchases and these brands are doing very well. Now contrast that with another experience I had recently. It's the holidays. So I got online to order some gifts for the holidays. And one of the places that I used to shop is Shutterfly. Uh, Shutterfly is known for you can take photos and you can put them on Christmas ornaments, you can put them on mouse pads, you can put them on travel mugs. It's basically a personalized photo site. Reasonably priced items. I was going through the checkout process and when I got to the very end of it, I noticed that all of a sudden there was an extra $1 COVID-19 fee. Now, I get it. 
every business has had increased costs as a result of having to deal with COVID-19, as a result of having to provide PPE for their employees, for their health and safety, uh, as a result of changes in their business procedures, right? Maybe new technology they've had to implement, uh, as a result of changes to shipping, there have been increased costs for the business. So I understand why Shutterfly would charge that additional dollar. The problem is in charging that dollar to me in the form of a COVID fee, you're not saying that you care about me. You're saying you care about yourself and your business. The irony there is that if they had implemented that fee as just simply a dollar increase in the handling of the shipping and handling fee, or even a small percentage increase in their cost of goods, I never would have noticed it and never would have thought twice about it. But in the world of online photos, where you have numerous competitors out there, they've lost me as a customer. I went to one of their competitors. I probably ended up paying more in the grand scheme of things. I don't even really know though what the price differential was. But I went to a different brand simply because they provided that convenience and value to me as a consumer and didn't make me feel like I was being overcharged for something. I think that's that's huge. And it's, you know, there's perception is sort of a reality. And I could see both ways. I could see why a Shutterfly would want to be maybe transparent and show you. But on the other side of things, we're as a consumer, we always feel we're nickel and dimed to death anyway on certain things. And you just see that line item, one dollar. At the end of the day, it's one dollar, right? Can can we add it on? Yeah, we could, we could add that on, and but it's out of the the principle of it. So you know, I I see and I think as consumers when we're going through and in you going into 2021 and you're looking at your pricing standpoint, what sort of line items should you have or should you not have? I think you now have two different sides of the equation to weigh: should you do this or should you not? But you know, it's it's important to be transparent about certain things, but. There maybe is a certain way, you know, because people could notice, hey, you know, and your, your cost did go up by a dollar. Why is that? You know, and you can have a blurb somewhere on your website, you know, because of costs, we've we've had an increase for COVID-19, transportation, whatnot. There are ways around that. So two different sides of things and, and definitely wanted to show you two different ways that you can go when it comes to uh, to the e-commerce side of things. Transition to our fourth point, and that's health. Health plays a role in purchasing decisions. When we say health, we're talking about how has your process changed? Clearly, you're seeing you can't go inside of businesses if you can, and it's in where you are in the world and you can get outside and you can go into an establishment, there is wearing a mask. You know, there are certain lines of being, you know, six feet apart or a couple of meters, depending on where you're at in the world. So we have those things to follow. But as a business is, there are additional steps that you can take in communicating that. And back on episode 21, so it's a little bit ago, but still very relevant, we had Jay Bear on and his episode was how to rewire your customer experience. Jay Bear had a great, I thought, story of his own experience about just trying to go get a haircut and how things have changed of something very simple of making an appointment, you know, going to get your haircut, walking in the door and sitting down in the chair. And some of the questions that he talked about that he now had to think, I'm going to share with you. And, and that was, is the place still open? Is the person who cut my hair still employed there? How do you even make appointments now? Do you still park in the same spot? And if you're downtown, do they have parking meters? Are they in operation? Did the, the way that you make payments, did that change? Can you still put coins in the meter or do you have to go to a machine and use your credit card? 
do you have to wear a mask? Is your person cutting your hair wearing a mask? You know, do they have to come in with clean hair? Or will they still shampoo your hair? You know, what kind of products are they still selling? Do you just walk in when you arrive? Do you sit in your car? Do you have to wait around the corner? Do you have to text message? Is there even a waiting room anymore? Are the appointments the same length or the different lengths now? So there are many different things that just what was simple as getting a haircut that now you have to address. And this is something that you might have internally in your organization, if, especially if you're you know, B2C and you're customer facing, make sure it is visible on your website. This is extremely important. People still will go to your website. Not only that, once you have it on your website and you could maybe have this COVID-19 policy, how things have changed, have it in your FAQs. In your Google My Business, Google's been very good about having fields that you can actually put your link into your COVID-19 policy. And Google My Business is massive. We talked about it in the past. And if you're still not familiar with it or you don't put a lot of attention to it, make sure you do. Make sure that you're updating it and making sure that it reflects your hours of operation, your name, your address, and your phone number, your method of payments, all those things are up to date. And under that COVID-19 section, make sure that you link from your website in your directions and your procedures, make sure that that is reflective on Google My Business, that it's easy to get to and, and easy for your customers to see. So these are, again, are things that have now sort of shifted during this whole COVID-19 and pandemic era that are not going to change. And maybe the masks will, will drop. We'll see that later this year. But maybe there are certain things that you weren't doing that maybe you just took for granted of how to get to your, your place, how to make a reservation. What's the type of processes? Those are the things that you should be putting on your website. And if you haven't done so, make sure you do it, especially going into uh, a brand new year where it's going to be another year of transition, where we transition from this COVID-19 pandemic to hopefully getting out of it. And once we get out of it on the other side, there are still going to be things that haven't changed. And that's what this podcast episode is all about. And Chris briefly talked about, you know, the vaccine has happened. It's, it's happened in December of 2020. And we'll see. It's going to take a long time for it to be globally and to get out there. But Chris, it was first administered in England. And the first woman uh, did it was the very first person. Did you see who the second person that the vaccine was administered to? I, I did not see that story. In England, it was William Shakespeare was the gentleman's name who oh, received. Oh, I did see the, that. It was it is, it, not the William Shakespeare. He's long since been dead, but a gentleman named William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare. Yeah. I loved it. He didn't go by Bill, Will, Billy. No, it was I mean, William Shakespeare. If your name's William Shakespeare, you make people call you William Shakespeare. You make sure. Yeah. <laughs> to vaccine or not to vaccine. That That's is it. <laughs> now, those are all great points though, Ryan. And I think, you know, consumers are taking their health and safety very seriously as well they should. And for the businesses that are not putting that information front and center on their website, consumers are left to assume that those businesses are not taking it seriously, or at least haven't thought it through because they haven't bothered to post it on the website. And so they're making alternative choices. So it becomes very, very critical to you know, make sure that you've got those policies and procedures updated and that information is available to your consumers. And that moves us to our fifth and final shift in consumer behavior that we've seen during COVID-19, but it's not going to change. And that's that shoppers have become homebodies. And we talked about this. Individuals are not quite ready to leave their homes yet. 
And, you know, even prior to the pandemic, if you have been in a retail establishment, you know, JCPenney just came out of Chapter 11 bankruptcy filings. Best Buy was expected to file and they had a better than expected Black Friday. So, you know, we'll see what's going to happen with Best Buy now. Victoria's Secret, Bath and Body Works. There's several others out there now. I think Bed Bath & Beyond is another one. These retailers are in serious trouble. And it's not really a surprise because if you've been to a mall recently, you know that the whole retail experience is kind of terrible. And you know, brands are having to shift into the digital world and things that traditionally we were harder to buy online, things like clothes, because, you know, you want to be able to try it on and uh, food even recently. I mean, I, you know, I've done a couple orders from both Publix here in Florida and Whole Foods recently that they delivered to the house. And the, you know, I wouldn't have traditionally thought of buying groceries online, but I found the process to be very easy the substitution selection to be very easy to work with. And in the grand scheme of things, not all that expensive. So it was a great way to have groceries delivered without having to leave the house. This is something that we've seen consumers do more of is taking advantage of of e-commerce and not leaving the house when making those purchasing decisions. But because we're going through this digital transformation now, because we see what's possible, that behavior is not expected to change. More individuals will be placing orders for delivery because anything that they uh, decide not to keep, the return policies have been made very, very easy, Ryan. It's interesting, just from personal as well. You know, if you live in Florida, you shop at Publix. I mean, that's just kind of the uh, what what you do. And what's interesting is we were using the service Instacart, which delivers Publix. You know, is the sort of the the, the mode of transportation. And that's something my wife and I we j- literally just talked about over the weekend. Like, we don't see that changing. Like, it's become so convenient. Now, is it 100% accurate to the people? No, it's not. But it's like 97% of the time we get it exactly the way we want it to 100. Any, anywhere in that range, it seems to be. So it's worked out really well for us. And we're like, why would we change? I mean, it's so easy. If you can plan ahead, you know, sometimes it takes several hours once you place it for it to be delivered. But yeah, we're definitely not going to change that as well. And, and so there's several things that can be delivered of retail. And from a clothing standpoint, that is huge because everything has changed. And, and I saw at one point, I don't have a, the, the data in front of me, where when it came to clothes, that more collared shirts were being sold but not the pants that would normally go with it were not being sold. And, and and that's in my phase as well. You know, I used to be a big time, you know, especially with customer facing personally, I would go out to like banana Republic. I would, you know, get ready, get, uh, you know, the suits, you know, collared shirts, ties ready for those customer facing meetings. And I found out I ended up buying more gym shorts through Amazon, you know, things like that. So that was a big shift. And I think that's just one sample size of of what we're seeing, you know, around the world. So now what's 2020 going to be like? Well, we'll find out. But I would say the first part of 2020 won't be a whole lot. The first part of 2021 will not be a a whole lot different than what we've seen, I would say, in, in 2020. So it's going to be a little bit of a turbulent year yet again. But these changes, you're going to see, I think that what we've been talking about a new normal, these are the new normal that we're going to see from the consumer behaviors. So we've gone over, you know, five tips to come across and, you know, moving forward, you know, a couple of recommendations and that, that came from HubSpot that they recommend, you know, moving forward. It's consumers crave value in availability. It's always been that way. But again, this 
digital transformation that the majority of people were forced into has also made us become more aware and add, you know, we want products with more value and availability. And that's big, especially when we learned how certain products were not available especially in the springtime when it became a pandemic. I mean, you couldn't even get toilet paper. Paper products were just, were gone. Availability is big. And what is the value? What are you getting? And when it comes to products adding a line item, the perception could be, you're not adding value to me. You're, you're making things more expensive. And I could probably shop, do some research, and maybe I'll find another product that's similar to yours where I'm getting a higher perceived value than what you're offering. And just as we talked about as well, digital transformation, it's already happened and it will continue to happen. So if you haven't transformed, if you're a brick and mortar and you haven't added that component of ordering online, or you haven't had that component of delivery, that is key. So again, it's another issue that you have to address. And then lastly, human and empathetic brands will always reap the benefits. Brands with leaders who genuinely care about people will get better reviews, word of mouth, and positive awareness than brands that just throw caution to the wind. These, again, are things that have always been around, but it's even more critical that you address. And when you're talking about your messaging to your customer base or prospective clients, having an empathetic voice in your messaging is vital. So Chris, it's not always shop that we like to uh, to talk about here. What are you binge watching or listening to? So I actually took your advice and I was flipping through Disney Plus over the weekend and I stumbled, you know, there's some great docu-series and documentaries on Disney Plus that I, that I wasn't aware of, but you had told me about Into the Unknown and so I, I checked it out and loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So I started flipping through a few others and I came across Disney Gallery, which is a behind the scenes on the making of The Mandalorian. And it is fantastic. There's a whole interview process with Jon Favreau and the other directors they brought in to direct episodes of The Mandalorian. There is a whole episode dedicated to the set design and the way they do the special effects. There was a whole episode dedicated to the score, the music of the show, which was just incredible. The process they go through and the way they tie it all together. And you don't even have to be a huge fan of the show to enjoy the documentary. But if you are, I think it adds that much more value. It was it was a blast to watch. Uh, what about you, Ryan? What are you binge watching or reading these days? Well, it's funny. I'm going to stay on the Disney Plus. And just if you don't have little kids and you're not a you just think Disney Plus is is just the Little Mermaid and Frozen. And it's so much more than that. It is way more. And if you don't if you're not a Marvel's fan, there's so many documentaries and behind the scenes. You know, Disney is just massive and they really have done, I think, a great job with their service. Now, staying on that. So Disney announced that they are raising their rates by $1. What's interesting about that is they also did it the same uh, day they also announced they're creating, I believe it's 50 brand new original content on there. They didn't say because of COVID-19, we're adding $1 to it. They said, it's the value. We're raising your $1, just $1 a month. But what you're going to get over the course of 2021 is 50 plus brand new content, episodes, movies, series, and whatever. 
So I thought that was really impressive. The, you know, we're going to raise it, but here's what you're going to get for it. Again, it's value, availability, Disney Plus. If you have a smart TV, uh, if you have any of the, uh, you know, Amazon Fire Sticks, Apple TV, Roku, whatever, it's obviously accessible to you on that. So they're following along what we've kind of talked about with this here. But what I have been binging is The Mandalorian. I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. It, it took off in 20, uh, 2019. When they came back in, in 2020, they actually extended the episodes a little bit. I would say the first five I thought were just a little bit, they were good. It was great to have it back, but it didn't knock my socks off. And then episode six happened and they introduced kind of an old character from the original Star Wars series. And I thought the storyline was great. and It took it off to a whole new level. And so I'm really excited about how this is going to finish. So the Mandalorian is, uh, is definitely what I'm binging these days. Well, we want to hear from you. If you heard something that you loved, something that you disagreed with, please let us know. And a lot of you have uh, definitely let us know that you're listening. We really do appreciate that. So if you want to reach out to us, send us an email at podcast at araxam.com. That's podcast at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. Also, social media. We just talked about that. Hit me up on LinkedIn at just do a search, Ryan Smith Marketing. There's 500 million Ryan Smiths. That might be the easiest way to find me. Or even go to LinkedIn and do a search for Araxum. You can find both Chris and I there. On Instagram and Twitter, the handle's the same. It's Ryan Smith, F-L-A. That's R-Y-A-N-S-M-I-T-H-F-L-A. And I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. You can find me on Twitter under Real Chris Casale. That's R-E-A-L-C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-A-L-E. And of course, on LinkedIn, you can find me under Chris Casale. You can find me under Araxum, or you can find me under Digital Marketing Happy Hour. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. We hope it will enlighten your day. After all, it is our mom's favorite podcast. And on that note, everyone, thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Be kind to each other. Thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. This week's episode is brought to you by Araxum.com, your digital resource for marketing and technology. Visit Araxum at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. The music intro you heard is called Pure Adrenaline by Eddie off the album Too Damn Loud. You can learn more at CactusSlimRecords.com. The music used for closing credits is a song called In My Pocket by Jazzer. You can find it on their album Message. Learn more at betterwithmusic.com. Thank you for listening.